You have to have a personality. You have a weird name. Oh yeah, like Mary Margaret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you're going to constantly correct people on your name, like, exactly. you got to be prepared. You exactly. Know? No, it's not Lauren. Yeah, it's not Lauren. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, you're, you're getting closer. You're so you're about to land the plane. I think that's the hardest part is when you do correct somebody with a, your name and you're like, you still didn't get it. Do I care enough to correct you? Yes, I do. This is my name. It's going back for that second correction. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and then I say my name fast. People say, that people are always like, Anne Margaret? I'm like, no, she was a drunk actress. Mary Margaret is my name. It's a double name. It's like Southern. Um... Because then they want to make me Catholic. I'm like, I'm not Catholic. I'm Catholic light. I'm Episcopalian. Exactly. Yeah. So. No, we do all the all the rituals out of the guilt. That's the one I am. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So. All right. So we should introduce ourselves. Let's do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Go. One, two, three, go. Go. Hey, I'm Laurel. <laughs> I'm your Margaret. <laughs> and you can welcome to our new podcast. We started a podcast. Uh, so we started a podcast. Yes. About moms and parenting. But also... Life in general. Women. Women. Um, basically, what time we... Like, we're a little bit older moms mm-hmm. for our age, our kids' ages, and kind of what we go through. True. And also, for being Southern, we tend... I've always noticed that as a Southerner, I tend to... The 40-year-old mom with babies stands out. Yes. I don't think that we would feel quite as old if we lived somewhere else. No. No. You'd be kind of like... You'd be in the middle. Totally like, middle, yeah. There are times when I'll get really upset with a mom, and I'm like, no, remember that she's still in her 20s. Like, she, we did a lot of silly things in 20s. A lot of silly things. And um, there's a lot, it's almost like falls on you on your 30th birthday, and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is the wisdom of the, the wisdom of the ages is beginning Oh my now. God, it's so true. And honestly, turning 40 was like a totally different wave. 30s, my wheels fell off. Mm-hmm. And like, like 20s, I rocked it. You know, I thought I knew, owned the world. 30s, I realized I knew nothing. The wheels fell off. And I was, like, very, very much humbled. And then 40s, I feel like I'm like, all right, this is a whole new wisdom. I agree. It's a whole new wisdom. Mm-hmm. I also really, I get, also, my friend will always say, I got tired of looking old for my 30s. So it's nice to move into a new decade. It's so true. Like, oh, okay. I can look young for my 40s as opposed to looking old for my 30s. That's I like so this. so true. I didn't even think about that. But it is true. <gasps> you know, when my friend, whenever she starts to feel like people are, she's the she never supposed to feel bad about herself. She just changes her age, but she makes a little bit older. older. She's so like, smart. the dumb thing is saying that you're like 30 when you're 40. You want to say you're 50. Your friend is brilliant. And then people are like, oh my God, you're you 50. You look amazing. You look amazing. Exactly. You got great jeans. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I'm going to say If you're not getting enough compliments, <laughs> go older, not younger. That is so smart. She's a genius. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. No, I did. There was something about turning 40 that all of a sudden I was like, I'm back. Uh-huh. Like, Back to myself. Because you have baby years. They take it out of you. They do take it out of you. Although I will say that the whole problem with having twins at 40 is that I was like, for three months, I was like, I'm back. And then I was like, you said what? So, wait a minute. wait. So, like, you got pregnant after your 40th birthday. Yes. That's awesome. Because I turned 40 November of 2019. You know, went into quarantine not knowing I was pregnant. And then was like, oh. And then (sighs) went for my first appointment. And they were like, we have another surprise for you. And I was like, I really don't care for this. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. Okay, I thought you were just living quarantine like everybody else and then got double surprised. Double surprised. But that is pretty much the same thing. I mean, you just were, like, pregnant during quarantine. You just didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So you didn't get the fun part of, like, getting wasted every night. I didn't either because I could quit drinking. Sorry. I could drink and 
you know, about three years ago. And I didn't think it was appropriate to start drinking during quarantine. Mm. Felt like that was probably a bad idea. I do think it's, there's a lot of ways that some ways like being pregnant with friends probably saved my life for being in quarantine. And that I think not I being able to that. drink yeah. was actually really a good thing. Like I sometimes look at those babies and I'm like, I'm not sure. I would be as healthy as I am today. Not sure what would have happened. Right. <laughs> totally agree. And actually, uh, because I quit drinking not because basically to reduce chaos. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long I'm not drinking. So that's one thing. I don't really like publicly saying I'm not drinking, even though we're doing podcasts and I'm not saying it. But because I don't want to be a poster child. But also I'm like, I don't know why. I have no clue why I'm doing this. I'm just doing it. And basically it's to reduce chaos in my life. And that's one way you can like, okay, if I don't drink, I know I'm not going to wake up with the anxiety level the next day. I know I'm not going to wake up with, like, what did I do? I mean, not that I would get wasted, but, you know, just your average, every, your average drinking. Right. Well, you might text someone, and then you, like, second, you think about that text way too much. Exactly. Because you weren't clear-headed when you sent it. And that was a lot of, you know, it was going through a rough time, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, spout off anything. And I didn't want to, like, I wanted to, like, have my wits about me. But then we went into quarantine, and I still hadn't started drinking, and I was like, well... I guess I'm not drinking now because of that. And I do think that that I think I don't know how I would have handled drinking uh, quarantine by myself if I were drinking. Yeah, I think that there's because quarantine got real dark. It got real dark, <laughs> real, real, dark. real dark and real quick. Like uh-huh. I loved quarantine when my kids were around. But when they went to their dads, like uh, it was heavy because all you did was watch the news and you're like, oh, my God, oh, this yeah. is horrible. And then people were being mean to each other. Like it was great during the Tiger King days, you know. When everybody was, like, loving on each other and, oh, yeah. like, everybody was like, um, oh, my God, have y'all watched this and all the memes and all the, like, you know, everybody was trying to share schedules, but nobody really knew that there was a schedule. And we didn't even, I we my kids' school, like, they didn't even communicate to us, not that this was their fault. It was, they were handed a huge problem and they didn't know what to do with it. But, like, we didn't know what we were doing for about two weeks. I was like, are we going back? What are we doing? Well, I love how... Tiger King is now a cultural high point. Because, like, we were all like the same shows. We were all, exactly. everybody wanted to flatten the curve. Everybody we was, everybody was in it. Page. It got real on time real quick. Yeah. Things start, things, <laughs> I mean, things spiral. Things are real bad. And then people were mad about masks. Yeah. And then they're mad about no masks. And I, I just did our projects in the backyard because I was like, I can't handle all this meanness. And, but the first part of it was fun. I would love to do the first part again. I know a lot of yeah. people didn't like it. I loved it. I didn't like the uncertainty of not knowing when it would end. Although now I look back and I'm like, <laughs> I thought eight weeks was going to be too long. And I'm like, you spent a year inside your house. Like, exactly. Exactly. I actually, lo- I, was, I loved the uncertainty. I was like, oh, I hope this lasts forever. Like, they're just going to, like, government's just going to pay me to sit here. I'll do it. Sure. What else? <laughs> Watch TV? Great. It's a, It was a weird, weird time. Weird time for everyone, I feel like. My favorite was like, you know, where I live, the houses are stacked on top of each other. And our street didn't do this, which I was kind of bummed about. But, like, where my sister lives, like, they were in and out of each other's houses constantly. They were, like, having lawn party. I mean, it was, I don't know. I liked that aspect of quarantine. Like, the neighborhood kind of came out. I like, so we formed a bubble, I guess, mm-hmm. in, like, June. Because yeah. we're all working parents. Everybody needed to go back to work, but yeah. like, how on earth do you safely send your kids back? Yes. So we got a we had a nanny for like our set group of kids. Smart. And what I really liked was like how honest people had to be about yes. their play dates and stuff. Because like, yes, it's always the it's stuff true. that you're like kind of scared to ask. I mean, or at least there's stuff that I think about. Like, do you have a gun in your house? Right. And, like, oh how my do you god. Throw it? I had like, these same issues where I'm like, 
at what point do I start asking these questions? You know, like. And then you know yeah. that you're going to ask too late, but also like you just, anyways. Yeah. So like the whole like, well, once you're in a bubble and like there's this virus out there, like you have to like start being like really honest. Have you been talking? You know like, what I mean? Like, when it's almost like, the funny thing is it's so relatable to like STDs. I mean. Oh, yeah. That you, you're asking these questions that you're like. I feel like I probably should ask these in my twenties. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah. I don't know. It's just funny because it was a fi- I, it, it is. It was. We were a weak link because my kids would go to their dads, mm-hmm. um, and their dad had them around the girlfriend and the girlfriend's kids, and I didn't know where they were going to be. So, like, I, I was very much alone when they were gone because nobody would hang out with me. Even my next door neighbor, it was funny because, I mean, you know, I don't blame them. But we have, I mean, we are on top of each other. And, like, I would sit in the middle of my yard and, like, some, like in the very beginning, they wouldn't even talk to me. I was like, I mean, are we not, are we really not going to talk to each other? But then it kind of loosened up a little bit, like, where I would be in my yard and they'd be in their yard. And then, finally, we got to a point where we were all comfortable with it. But um, I was jealous of the bubble people. Well, and that brings me to part of the reason we started this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I was just, no, I like all that stuff. I just was going to make sure I hit the highlights, which is, um, we started this podcast because we want to talk about the, like, authentic, real stuff yes. that goes on in lives. Yes. Um, and as we've talked about before, you know, like, when you're listening to someone's story and they don't tell you about the struggles that they've been through, or you don't generally know that people struggle, yes, you might think you're doing life wrong. Right. And I hate that perception. I almost drove myself to a mental breakdown trying to figure out what I thought other people knew mm. with parenting oh, yeah. and parenting and working. Uh-huh. But the reality of it was I was in an unrealistic expectation on myself like um there was unrealistic expectations on me but i don't think i had anybody sit down and say why are you doing this like this is this there's no way you can do this right and be sane what's well, the same way i always thought that sort of once you got somewhere once you figured something out like you figured it out and you were good yes like yes. somehow like other people had figured out the parenting parenting thing. or yeah. they figured out marriage yeah. or they figured out how to be the best selves or whatever it was i thought they got it and they were good for until they were 90 so true and i had no idea that it's sort of a constant it's just a constant work in progress and it changes based it's on the day and it's cyclical oh yeah and then it's like you're waiting on the problems and you're having a great time and you're wondering where they are but oh, yes. Hello, anxiety. Yeah. I just need to remind me. Exactly. You're like, it's gonna. <laughs> They're gonna um, come back. What is uh, Brene Brown calls it? Um, foreboding, foreboding joy. Oh. Oh, yeah. Which I really think is a great, like, that spoke a lot to me where she's like, everything's great, but you're like, the shoe's about to drop. Something's about to happen. And you're basically, like, walking away from the joy that you could have because you're waiting for the scatterfall. Well, yes. And I'm always. I think it's, I mean, it's the same thing, but I'm always like, well, if I'm fully present and enjoy this moment, (laughs) how is the universe going to pay me back for not having perspective or not realizing that like, oh, it could go away at any moment. It could go away at any moment. And I'm going to do it now. Or this didn't happen. Or yeah, it's so true. You had too much fun. That's now (laughs) You got to work. You got, it's so true. Oh my God. That's so true. I do that a lot. And especially after quarantine, because I was very present during quarantine. Because what else were you going to do? Yeah. Starting to talk about the problems that we would have is a good thing. And and we would, okay, so you and I, uh, well, let's just do an introduction. Okay, so I'm Mary Margaret, mm-hmm. and this is Laurel, and we actually met each other at Steeple Arts, I think. 
Right? I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Although I do have, I also know we were both at Independent. Oh, that's in right. A, in the Mother's Day Out program. We were. Okay, so that's maybe where I, because I swear but, she went to my school. <laughs> I was like, you went to Mountain Brook, right? And no, she never went to Mountain Brook. You went to private school. But in my head, you went to Mountain Brook. But really, we probably went to preschool together. And that's where you got locked in. Oh, yeah. In my brain. <laughs> that we went to school. <laughs> I appreciate that. I like being locked in. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. We went to school together at some point. But it was like 3K. Problem. We were, we were also both exceptionally tiny children. We were very tiny. Always I mean, on the end of the picture. Always on the end. I would have a special chair because sometimes my feet like couldn't reach the bed. I mean, yes. yes. We were very tiny. We both very, of you and I. And not like, you know, there's tiny and like, oh, uh, she thinks she's like skinny, like tiny. This was abnormally tiny to where my mom took me to a doctor at one point and was like, we got to... Like, we got to get, like, stuff checked because things are not working. Like, it was one of those, like, oh, how old are you? Like, eight? No, I'm 14. You yeah, know? I yeah. mean, abnormally tiny. Um, and it really didn't register with, with me until I looked at this picture recently of the junior high dance team. You know, and everybody else had gone through puberty. And then there's me that looks like a, you know, five-year-old or something. And I was like, oh, my God, Mom. Like, you should have held me back. Like, this was abnormally tiny. But, I mean, it's great now. I mean, every, but I hate it because I do see it on my kids. I'm like, guys, y'all might have those champless jeans where we are late bloomers, which yeah. is great. I love being a late bloomer. I think being a late bloomer is the way to be because I think people I hope I haven't overprioritize. Oh, I know. I think my best years are ahead of me. I do too. That's why we're here. Exactly. We're starting we're here. new things. Mm-hmm. No, I really, I can't wait. I mean, I feel like 40, I'm, I'm like learning who I am. And then I'm only going to take it from there. Yeah. Agreed. Whereas 20, I was, I, I thought I knew who I was. But the wheels fell off at 30. Humbled. <laughs> Humbled would be a great word for my 30s. Prioritized. Yeah. Well, and before quarantine, you and I used to see each other in Target. Yes. I forgot about that. We do have we have a great neighborhood Target where you will see everybody and everyone. Yeah. You got to wear your good workout clothes to that you do Target. Have to wear your, yeah, that's true. You can't yeah. wear the, like, bottom of the barrel. No, no, no. Yeah. Although, I mean... There was a time in quarantine that Eric dared me to go to the drive through to drive up. Like nice. whatever, you know where they bring uh, the target order to your car. Yeah, yeah. This is before we were shopping in mass. Like this is back when it was like It was like, what are we doing? I, is it gonna be okay for that like five seconds that I interact <laughs> with someone through my window? And he was like, I dare you to go in that moo moo thing you have. And I was like, All right. I'll do sure. it. Sure. He's like, and are you gonna get out of the car at some point? And I was like, I will. Possibly. Why not? Yeah. What do we have to prove at this point? At this point, who cares? That is a, that's something I loved about quarantine is like the lack of I'm going to do this. But yes, okay, so we met Steeple Arts and Independent. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I thought you went to school with me. You did not, like, elementary and high school. But we, you were always around, I feel like, in and yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we kind of socialized. And then we would run into each other at Target after having, well, first of all, our babies were oh yes, our in nursery babies. together. Our oh, first yeah. babies, when we both were having, like, mental breakdowns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Sally good had acid reflux, God bless her. Well, and... Ben never slept. I mean, I, partly sh- because I, like, starved him at birth and didn't realize I was starving at birth. I can't breastfeed, you know. So I like, actually starved Allie Good as well. That's why we got the acid reflux. I think. I mean, nobody told me that, but you have a lot of time to think You're with so newborns. So, so my anxiety put those pills together, or th- those clues together, I guess. And, like, all of a sudden I'm like, I think that's why she had acid reflux. Um, but hard baby, hard first baby. And I think the hardest part was that I didn't know she was hard because she was my first baby. Yeah. Like, so I didn't get help. I thought all babies were hard. Well, it's so hard to know that stuff because you only learn after you've had, like, many, many babies. But no one can, like, like God bless me, in the knowledge from, yeah. like, you know, 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and I feel like, you know, when moms were moms and they had tribes, you know, oh, like yes. there was probably like an older mom that would be like, let me try this. Let me try this. And there is that. But in our day, like, I feel like it's a little more busy, you know, to where when it's more about like, let me see the baby. I think there's a lot of focus on the baby that ignores the mom. Oh, my gosh. It is. One of my friends said it, it was the fastest people have turned your back on you is the minute you have the baby. Like it is the doctors. You know, it starts with the doctors. They flip their back, go towards the baby. And then you're just like laying there you're like, what happened? Yeah. So, yeah, I do think. Um, and we don't have the village. Like we took away. We don't have the village. A lot of people don't even live near their extended family. I mean, and even if yes. you do, like there's, you know, my parents are both still working. Yes. Yes. I mean. When this is the dynamics of like. I don't feel like the mom is, our generation has been taught, like, you know, women can be educated, they can be just as smart, they can be, and then the minute you have a baby, it felt almost like you were kind of put back in this place of, like, well, do you really know? You know, I mean, you have to learn that you do know what's best for your child. Yes, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think it's one of those, like, that's like, well, you're the mom. What do you think? Well, it's one of those things that I struggle with this constantly, Mm -hmm. which is I feel like I have all the responsibility and not all the authority I want. True. And so for me trying to reconcile those two things to say like, no, wait, I've been, I've been doing this really hard work. Like maybe I do know what I'm talking about, but I tend to feel like this is all of these things are expected of you, but we also kind of don't think you can do them. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And actually I feel a lot of that after being divorced. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely felt it as a baby, like with, with babies, but then I slowly, I think almost because I had to do it on my own, I, grew into the authority. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I had a sister that was kind of like, she had babies before me. So she kind of walked it before I did. And I didn't realize what she was walking. And she's like, no, you're the mom. Like you can, you can decide this. Like you get, but I think after divorce, I think that is something I struggle with too, is the, all the responsibility, none of it, like not all the authority. Um, but that's so true about new mom. I do wish our society would do a better job of, not less caring about the baby, but more caring about the mom. Right. Well, a happy mom right. has a happy baby. They just, they're so in tandem. Right. Honestly, there was something that spoke to me, you know, late night, breastfeeding, and you're looking through the Instagram, and God bless those friends that had babies at the same time that you could text, and you didn't feel so lonely. Like, you would yeah. wake up to a text, or and then you text them, and they'd wake up. Like, those are the trenches. Like, those are the friendship that you form, form in trenches that, like, they will walk out of your life. And you won't talk to them for years, but then the minute, like, I get a text from one of these people, I'm like, I love her. Late night, when you're looking at Instagram because you're breastfeeding and you're all alone and you're wondering, like, why am I doing this all by myself? I did see something about, I can't remember which culture it was. It might have been Japan. I'm not sure. But there's, like, this fourth trimester that they let the mom stay in the bed with the baby for, like, a month. And people wait on you, hand and foot. And, like, your only job is to get up and go to the bathroom and bond with the baby. That sounds ideal. It sounds like a dream. Well, and I think it's a lot, you would have a lot less neurotic mother. Oh, I agree. Yeah. You know, rather than this like, okay, now you got to get your baby. And then my friend who had a baby in London, she had, rather than she had to like, like we have to pack up our babies and like lug them after having a C-section with that stupid Mm -hmm. car seat. I don't like the car seat. Oh my God. Somebody to work on that technology. There's the worst. Like who, who can hold that thing after having a C-section? But like, or having a baby, but. So she said that, that her midwives would come to her 
mm-hmm. and like check her and like check her for mental stability, check her for, you know, all the physical stuff. But it wasn't just a one time like, all right, you look good. What do you want for birth control? I mean, because that was like the hardest doctor's appointment ever was after you had that six baby. Six weeks postpartum. Six weeks postpartum. And, and you're like, I mean, I guess I'm like, and you and you kind of form this bond with your doctor because you see him so much. And then right. all of a sudden they're like, you're good to go. What do you want for birth control? And you're like, holy shit, birth control. No. no. I'm not doing that again. Like, we're not having, because, you know, you're just so in the thick of it. You, you don't aren't even thinking about ever having a baby because it, you just had one. No. And I remember going to that appointment and feeling very, with my first, and feeling mm-hmm. very much like something is wrong. Yes. Like, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, something is wrong. I can't figure it wrong. out. But yeah. when she asked me, I didn't have anything. Oh, well, you don't want to say anything's wrong. No. Because you're supposed to be at the most joyful time of your life. Right. But, and like, this baby is screaming in my ear, and I don't know how to stop it. Well, and it doesn't stop. And nobody will say, like, oh, your baby has acid reflux. Well, and also, no one's coming to save me. Yeah, no one's, exactly. No one's showing up at my house to take this baby. Like, They're bringing casserole, but I'm getting, like, bigger after having a baby. And, yeah, I mean, not that I don't appreciate everybody who did. Oh, yeah, of course. But there is this weird, like, I don't know how to do this, and I've just been handed this baby, and I had major surgery. Mm-hmm. Or... I just had or, a... Or my, my insights might have just come out. Come out. Hoo-ha. I don't that's, know. And that's just where we were. I mean, honestly, I, I do think it would just behoove the world if we would treat our mothers better. Agreed. You know? Yes. Like, because then they're not so... Like, if you support a mother, you're supporting everybody. Right. Honestly, what we put women through, everybody's going to be crazy. Oh, absolutely. And if you can figure it out, you kind of are crazy. Like, right. yeah. If you, if this is where you're striving, like, if this is where you're thriving, I guess, then there might be something a little bit off on you on a regular basis. You know? That's my thoughts, I guess. No, I agree with you. It's really, it's such an intense process. And then I will, like, I remember, you know, even now I'll be on Facebook and I'll be like, why is that person posting when they just had a baby? And I'm like, oh, because God, they're so desperate to cling to any part of their life from before. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I remember so this true. feeling. Yes. It's like, yes. no, if I, I may only have 30 minutes of the day and I may be like pooping during this, but damn it, I need something I, to connect me to what my life used to be like. That's because it's just. Uh, I would stay up. I was the classic. Uh, I would stay up so late because the house was quiet. I didn't have to deal with the children. Right. House was quiet. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't clean. I wouldn't. You know, I'd watch. No one wants to cling with that yeah. time. And maybe you do, and it's fine. That's your thing. But God no. bless you. Come over to my house, please. Yeah. Um, no, I would watch like whatever trash TV that I wasn't actually watching, and then I would look at Instagram because I would be able to socialize in a way that I was not being socialized. Um, the first time I went to Mommy and Me at the library, I felt so sorry for myself, and then I ended up making great friends. But it was one of those where I was like. I used to travel the world. I mean, it was humbling, which is a great word, but it was definitely one of those, like, this is not what I, it's not that I didn't want that. It just was like, I didn't want that to be my social aspect. I knew it was good for the baby. I didn't want to go sing songs with a bunch of other babies and moms. And then it ended up actually being a great thing because you did talk to other moms and realize you were dealing with the same stuff. But there was something about it where I was like, I used to go out to bars and I used to like, Go to fun restaurants, and this is where I am, singing songs with other moms. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to see moms without our babies. Like, I appreciate yes. how much people are like, just bring the baby. And I was like, Please no, no, I need to yeah. be away from the baby. <laughs> people like, tell me that all the, the time at work, so and I, I really appreciate it because I do feel like it's a way of them, like, acknowledging that 
and right. it's hard to find childcare. But um, it is one of those where I'm like, I cannot work and be a mom at the same time. Like my brain doesn't work that way. I have to have my photography hat on or my mom hat on. But if I have a camera in front of my face, I can't make sure that they're not trying, like they're not like wrecking your house or, right. you know, trying to kill themselves or something. Um, but it is. No, there's so definitely true. an exposed outlet somewhere that yeah, I'm exactly. not going to see <laughs> exactly. if I'm not constantly exactly. hypervigilant. And therefore, I cannot. And Especially I'm not, with four babies. <laughs> and I am not fun to be around if that's the mode I'm in. Well, that's the other thing. Like, I am a different person when I'm photographing. I'm trying to pull people, their personalities out. And that is not sad for my kids. But when I'm a mom, I'm trying to make sure that they're safe. And having fun. But, like, you know, sometimes I can be, like, if I'm a photographer and I'm photographing your kids, sometimes I can do the things that I would never let my kids do. Like, oh, let's jump on the bed. I mean, you know, stuff like that just to get good pictures. Um, But, yeah, like, if my kids were involved, then they would want to jump on the bed. I mean, yes, exactly. Should we introduce ourselves? (laughs) (laughs) You're Mary Margaret. I'm Mary Margaret. You're an artist. Uh, Clearly. And a mother of two. (laughs) And a mother of two. Single mom. Mother too, a uh, photographer, but moving more towards art and writing and that sort of thing. Podcast. And I'm Laurel. I'm a mother of four, including these twins I had at 40. They are, by the way, they're identical twins, oh, which is the complete fluke kind of twins. They Like they just split. They like just the, split. Yeah. They are the like, exact same genetic makeup. Right. They're going to mess with you your, their whole life. Yes. I'm never going to know who is who. Nope. But yes, because I was 40, everyone assumed from the get-go that they were fraternal because it's obviously like your body's just spitting out right. eggs. Because that's right. what she wanted you know. during a quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, I did genetic testing. Yeah. To make sure everything oh, you did do it. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So I did, The great thing about being pregnant at 40 is that insurance pays for so much stuff. That is so good. I that's all hilarious. But they were like, oh, it's, I didn't, you know, they're identical. And I was like, oh, okay. That's just great. I mean... <laughs> That's just crazy because people will be like, twins run in your family. And I'm like, A, they don't. And B, identical twins don't run in anybody's family. It's like, just a just fluke of nature. This was God's way of saying, you can handle this. Yeah. Which is true. I mean, you're not going to get it unless you can handle it. So you just remember that when you're having breakdown. Like, you can handle this. Four kids, two of which are the exact same, but different. But different. Yeah. Like, one is skeptical and one is not. Oh, my God. This I love is what that. I think so far. I mean, they're only, you know, seven months old. You so can tell. All... You can tell. Their personalities are there. But I, I do think one of them looks at me like, no. I don't I don't believe a word you say, lady. Oh, my God. I so, love it. Well, so wait. So. I was going to say. Yes. That I'm a writer and marketing yes. person. And you and I have known each other for a very long time. Yes. And we've cover. never actually worked together, have we? I don't think. No. But we, we, we publishing because we were both in publishing though, but then publishing blew up. Right, like high two thousand eight. No one wants things. We had the most anymore. awesome. Uh, another reason that I was we were humbled at thirty, or mm-hmm. I was at least. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, most awesome job, and then that entire industry left. Right, gone. Like, like right whole, off the plate, like planet Earth. My whole dream was to work in magazines. Yeah. At twenty eight, I'm working in a magazine. Oh my god! I'm Never like, was gonna I'm, leave. I was I'm like, I made path. it. Made it. I am, I don't have to make another job change. Like, this is it. I'm just going to go here every day. And I might change around, like, be a food photographer or, you know, a uh, homes photographer, but this is where I'm going to stay. Well, and then, and then, no. No. No, no, no. Sorry. No one wants your pieces of paper anymore. Not only does nobody want your pieces of paper, uh, we're pretty sure we can hire for your Southern magazine out of New York. Mm-hmm. That was fun. But, you know, whatever. They've now started hiring people from the South again, which is nice. Um, but where you were where 
I was at Lipstick. Lipstick. I forgot about that. That was a great magazine. Thank you. I liked it. <laughs> but you know, these things happen. Do you know, I really miss magazines. I, I do like not like the digital world. Um, so much to a point where I'm like, probably need a class on how to accept like a calendar, like a digital calendar, that sort of thing. You know, if you're, if it's sort of like, okay, we're not going to do magazines anymore. Everything's going to be online, but it's going to be okay. People will pay for it. Oh, wait, they don't pay for things online. Actually, never mind. mind. Yeah. And you know what? We can use stock. And, oh, this is the thing that really burns my britches about writers. Hmm. Like, y'all are trained. Like, you went to school for this and you're talented. And you know about fact checking. And now I read things where, like, nothing's been fact checked. But then it's also like you read it and you're like, wait, Where's where's the rest of the where's the article? Like I oh, know you like you literally can't like, find it. Like, like there'll be things that stop mid paragraph. You're, like, you're like, what happened? Like it was like somebody just was like, oh, deadlines due, hit enter, done. And, and like it just doesn't go anywhere. I mean, you know, they'll get you and, and then now even titles, you're like, what does that even mean? Whereas before, like the headline was thought about just as much as oh my god the actual article the meetings the headline and the deck and what you were gonna and cut and lines and like I don't know if we can put that on there and are we gonna A B test it and like and then it was and I mean oh also and even once you had something you thought worked I mean someone the grammar would be wrong or the you know yeah think and thing. it didn't meet the um what was it the style yeah yeah what was it for the style guidelines I yeah there's so many things and then there was somebody totally different that would like call and be like did what color I and mean, what was this rug. You yeah. know, and like, like, or did you actually do this and actually fact check to where the information you got, you could actually rely on. And I feel like now, you know, I mean, there's the joke, like I've read it on the internet, but yes, we were both in publishing. Mm-hmm. That blew up. Yeah. Didn't work up. So we had kids. Mm, got a little anxious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I think that I was already anxious, but it grew monumentally. I had no clue. I was anxious. I don't think I was anxious. Mm-hmm. I think I rolled with the punches. I probably was anxious. Children brought that out in me. They and they will do that. My psychiatrist at one point, she was like, "Wow, well, you know, I'm diagnosing you with anxiety," and I was like, "Huh? Well, you know, I have anxiety. That's exciting." Like, see, I got diagnosed with anxiety. I think when I was like 21 or 22, mm-hmm. but I like loved that diagnosis. I was like, "Oh, I'm this not, is the thing." No, but I was like, "Oh, I'm not bad at life." Like, I really thought I was bad at life. This is not gonna. I, well, and once you realize it, then you're kind of like, "Oh." Okay, so that's why I, like, like, I, I probably used my anxiety to benefit me before. Like, stay up late and finish the projects. Right. Or, you know, get up really early and make sure I get that shot because I was going to be compared to, like, the 40-year-old man that was there forever. You know, like, there was probably a way to make that work. And then once I was, like, stuck in my house, it became this thing that I didn't know what to do with it. Well, sir, I don't know about, like, where you went... I feel like in our college years, I really absorbed a lot of the, like, work hard, play hard. Yeah. Which is what we were supposed to. That was the, that was what we were sold college was about. That's what we were sold college about, but it's also awful because you just you go, go, wreck go. your body. Perfectionist, perfectionist, perfectionist. Yeah. And then it's okay because I can just get wasted and I'll, yes. go, and I'll immediately relax. Exactly. And you would wreck your body and your mind. Yep. And you would train yourself to burn yourself out. But that's also the publishing industry. Absolutely. I mean, it was definitely like, okay, well, you got a deadline. You got to do this. You got, I mean, I was traveling a ton when I was in there. And I was expected to travel. Like, uh, it was two to three days when I first started. It became four to five days every week. Which, I mean, in your 20s, like, you don't have any other time to have a social life. But 
And then it was like, you have to turn around your film immediately. Yeah. So but you're just go, go, going. And then it doesn't, I mean, publishing in particular, like, there's no break. Right. Because there's always that next month. And you were living six, eight, 12 months ahead because you've shot Christmas in, in yes. February. And if you screwed it up, you were in trouble because the grass was the wrong color. And you're going to, and by, and you try to go talk to people and you are literally, I mean, for me, I felt like I lived in this other realm it and was, I was confused when the actual holiday happened. That's so true. Yes. It was so confusing to have Christmas at Christmas time because you had already celebrated it six months ahead. Yeah. With you've like, done the thing. You've done it. And you like had decorated it, shot it. It was and your very, head is in a beach read story or whatever exactly, it is. Exactly. And you're sitting there with like, you know. I don't know. We're Southerns. You don't really have a fire, but you know what I mean. It's it, you're doing the December thing. It's so true. I mean, that was that was something that I did. I struggled with, and I struggled with like, okay, like as a photographer, we couldn't really shoot starting the second half of December because the Christmas lights were all up, right? So like, you shot all the Christmas stories when everything was fresh Christmas, but second half of Christmas was not fresh. Like the trees start looking yeah, bad, so right. you don't shoot the second half of December through really February because of like the, you know, it was bad weather. You could shoot inside, but you couldn't shoot outside. So that was kind of our slow time. And then once March hit, you ran 14 hour days until really November. And then November started slowing down and then December is dead. So that to me was hard because I also was going off of the college endorphins of like, just go, 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 go. And then you can crash in December in January and February, and then you have to get back up and go, go, go. So, I mean, I think, and then with kids, there's a constant go. There's a constant go. And, you know, I mean. You have to take care of yourself. Mentality. Yeah. This is a whole other deal because you're like every single day is a, like an opportunity to make memories that last forever. And like, you just can't do that. <laughs> you can't. You just can't. You can't. I remember one time being like, can't I'm get sorry, macaroni like, cheese on that plate. This week cannot be that we like <laughs> had cookies with Santa and rode the train and yes. did the tree lighting. And yes. then we did a cookie swap. Oh my God. No, like no. And it's, it has to get once somewhere. the meltdown, like it messes up to me having kids. The good thing about having kids all of a sudden I had to have a schedule, which from the lifestyles we were in, we yeah. never had. So, like, all of a sudden, I had to be at home from this time to this time because they napped. And then they had to go to bed at this time. And we had to eat dinner. Or they had to eat dinner. And usually, because I was by myself, I would just eat dinner with them. So, all of a sudden, I did know what each day looked like. And that was very different for me uh, than my previous lives. And then it was interesting also that part of me loved it. Like, and part of me was like, ask me what I'm doing on a Tuesday at 8. I know exactly, you know. And then the other part of me was like, uh, I went from this, like, glamorous career of, like, you know, everywhere I showed up, people were excited to see me, you know, and I, I could do my job. Like, I felt very confident in my job. Um, and then now I'm in this house with children, and I'm pretty much by myself, and everything is already planned out. I already know what I'm doing on Tuesday at 8, four weeks from now. Right. And it's not glamorous. No, every day is going to be the same. Every if it's not the same... Because we might have meltdowns. Right, meltdowns. And then also, the more me, sick- so I was like, the babies don't care that I have a master's. No. The babies don't care that I have no. journalism awards. No. None of the things that have, like, in they this life, don't. I've pulled out to be like, hey, they hey, still don't. listen to me. Yeah, listen I am kind me. of a big deal. Yeah. Don't matter anymore. Don't care. The baby could give a shit. Could care less. Like, literally, I'm just getting to the point, my child, my children are eight and six, uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to pull that back out because I put it away for so long mm-hmm. 
then I'm like, you know, your mom's a really good photographer. And it's almost, it cracks me up. I don't know that they really get what I'm doing. Of course they don't because they're eight and six. But I'm like, it's almost like reassurance to me. Like, I was a really good photographer. Like, I did that. I had to put it away for a little bit. days you have to say it out loud just to remind yourself. To remind yourself. And then, like, you know, I'll be like, well, when I worked at the magazine, when I traveled, you know, I mean, because, like, they don't know that life that you had. No. Yeah. They have no idea. And then you're kind of like, well... I was talking to someone how I think every mom has had this conversation at some point, and I'd have a writer friend who wrote about it. The idea that, like, mommy's hobbies are not cooking and cleaning. <laughs> like, that's not what gives mommy what joy. I'm really bad at, actually. If you right. want to know the truth, I'm terrible at cooking and like, cleaning. I do these things because I love my family, <laughs> exactly. not because I want to. Not because I want to, and not because I'm good at it. My sister is great at cooking, she is a chef. And I go over there, and I'm like, I mean, you just whip that thing up together. Like, you just. Like, look at you. You're just feeding people. This is what you do for fun. She's like, you know, I've lived with you before. I'm like, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I got to get back on that train of having somebody I live with cook. Because I'm not good at it. I was the Homemaker Award winner, though. And also, children will also ruin that for you. Because you'll spend time on a meal that they're just like, it's orange. Oh, my gosh. I don't eat orange this week. And you're like, well, then. (sighs) Isn't that the truth? Well, Mary Margaret, you and I both come from a very unique community. We do. We do. Uh, we come from a very, uh, well, it's 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 wonderful community. Yes. Um, I do feel like there's some expectations that are put on people there that aren't really necessary. Yes, I agree. And I do think because we're, we're from there, we have grown up with those expectations, and then we went out into the world, and we realized, hey, those aren't really necessary. And we have the benefit of not participating in some of those expectations. That is a really good way to say it. Yes, yeah, so it is a wonderful, generous, caring community. People really they take care give of each other. so much, and and they are. I do feel like people there are looking out for other people. I agree. Yeah, it is not. I don't feel like it's as selfish as it comes across sometimes. But it it can sometimes seem a little homogeneous. Yes. I think because people are sometimes afraid to say, "This is really hard." Exactly. Exactly. And I do think, I feel like it's a privilege we got to grow up, well, it's a privilege we got to grow up there. But I feel like at this stage of the game, it's a privilege. And I, because I look at the other women that have moved in mm-hmm. and I, I'm nervous for them. Right. Oh, yeah. Because Absolutely. I see the busyness yeah. and they're trying to keep up. And, and you don't have to do that. No, it's like, no, people, you can. Nobody well, cares. I, although it's hard for me to sometimes to figure out, like, you and I don't have to do it because we grew up there. Because we grew up there. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I, I know that guy. He taught me basketball. Like, I'm, like, I'm not trying to impress him. Yeah. No, and it's like, oh, so-and-so? No. Like, mm-mm. He's I mean, weird. Yeah. I don't care what he thinks. Yeah, because I've had friends who moved here, like, intimidated by people. But I'm like, that person? Like, oh they gosh, were a freshman and I was a senior. I don't give a shit about freshmen. People Sorry. Are, people <laughs> are intimidated. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. People are intimidated by my dad, which I think is funny. Because I'm like, dad? Really? Dad? Oh, that's weird. Um, But I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I love it. But I mean, well, it's so funny to you. I find it hysterical when people think that my dad is scary because I'm like, he's the opposite of scary. Right. Like, exactly. He like, would bend over backwards for his daughter. Exactly. But, I mean, like, know, who has held my hand through, uh, like, basically the last five years is my parents. But like, yes, exactly. So it is, it is interesting to me that people get nervous about the people who have been there forever. Mm-hmm. And we've known forever. Right. Like, we grew up, I mean, you know, old basketball coaches, old whatever. So it's his dad. Right. Like, None of that bothers us, but there are people who are intimidated by reputation. Reputation. <laughs> it can definitely, I think, seem like there are expectations to meet 
Yes. I don't know. I mean, and so should we say we're from Mountain Brook? Yeah. Okay. Say that because, yeah. like, I mean, who cares? We don't. Uh, so we're from Mountain Brook. I do find uh, the first time I. We grew up with Mountain Brook mentality, not mentality, but like having people be like, oh, Mountain Brook, blah, blah, blah. I never felt that that was a true reputation. Like if you were not from Mountain Brook, people thought a certain way about Mountain Brook. But I was like, whatever, it's not really like that. I do think that there are some people in Mountain Brook who are real committed to upholding that idea of like, no, we're better than. Yes. There are so many people that... Don't. Don't. Exactly. There's very, there can be a very vocal group that is like, no, nope, we're better than you. And it's like, no, you're not. Don't say that no. in public. Like, you no. can, mm-hmm. you can have those thoughts by yourself, but people will judge you. Well, also, no one ever made any friends that way. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like you can be a jerk mm-hmm. and have those thoughts, but keep them to yourself. Keep them to yourself. And do not. I don't have those. Oh, gosh, no. And don't also put them out there like that's what everybody has to be. Exactly. That is is just. Well, that's it. That's the thing. Well, it's too much pressure. No. It's too much pressure on everybody. Like, we cannot uphold this. Also, like, as we were talking about, like, I love when people are their their real selves. God, yes. I'm like, it's really, really boring if everyone says that the only things they love to do are play tennis and golf. Like, I'm like. I'm terrible at both of those. Yeah, I'm terrible at both. Both. I got absolutely nothing. And so, I do think that. COVID has been awful and I'm people have lost their jobs and their livelihoods and their lives. And it's been terrible, terrible, terrible. But you and I did talk about like how there's some good things that we can take from this. And what I've liked is that a lot of more people, I think decided they wanted to be the, their authentic selves. I and so I'm too. like a thousand percent here for that and want to show up. And I'm like, Oh no, please tell me. No, I don't want to know about tennis and golf, but you can tell me everything that you've been doing during gross COVID. and awful that you've like not want to tell anybody. I'm so here for that. I'm exactly the same way. And I also, I think there's, um, there was kind of like all of a sudden a pull to doing, you know, for like that safe nostalgia, like doing what made you happy as a child. Mm-hmm. I feel like, at least for me, uh, I felt like all of a sudden I was like, you know, ha- uh, we're, you know, doing art projects or like, you know, dancing in my house with my kids. Like there was just this like, during COVID, I felt like that brought up a lot for a lot of people because they couldn't do anything else. They couldn't go. And we were also all on the same page mm-hmm. financially. Not financially, because some people really were hurting. But, like, really, just, like, none of us could do anything. So we all had to kind of, like, make our own fun. Creatively, yeah. maybe. No, and that's where I was going to drop in a conversation okay. we had a week ago. Yes, what was it? And this is about – it's a conversation we had about um, some of the good parts about being a mom in your 40s and some of the good things we are taking with us from COVID. Yes. And I think that in there – Part of it is that, like, nobody could buy their way out of anything. Or nobody could, like, impress so with money. Yes. And that's what I think. Yeah, no, financially, it was really rough for like we're all so making many bread. people. But, yes, we're all kind of, yeah. We're, made, we're watching Tiger King. No one can show up and be like, I'm picking up the tab and win all the friends. Exactly. That's not happening. Exactly. Like, you had to be creative. And you had to make your own fun. And you had to be nice to your neighbors. You had to ask if they needed anything from the grocery store because it was really freaking hard to go to the grocery store. But yes, that is so true. I loved that you couldn't, like, financially, I was on the same page as somebody who was, maybe, I mean, I don't know if that's the right word, financially, but, like, nobody could spend money and, like, go to the resort and then brag about it. I do feel like we're getting back. Um, It's cracking me up on the social media now because I do feel like people are going overboard on, like, like, spring break was a bit of a shocker. I thought we were all still doing quarantine. Oh, yeah, I did too. And everybody went abroad. (laughs) 
I was like, oh, uh, okay, well, I'm going to the farm with my parents and everybody else is going to like Bahamas or like whatever the resort was. I mean, it definitely cracked me up because I, there was a, that was a weird pressure for me. All of a sudden I was like, oh my God, we're back in it. We're back in the social and everybody's spending money and everybody is, not that it's a problem to spend money, but like I'm not on the same ticket, no. you know? Well, and I did. I had a moment where I was like, I really thought we learned so yes. much. And then it's like, oh, it's so many, so much. We went too quickly back to some of the unreasonable expectations and the like showmanship that I didn't like. I was like, no, wait, I wanted to. I felt the same way. I wanted to not do this. I felt the same way. And I do feel like, like, I felt like I learned so much during quarantine about myself, but then I'm also about like what was important to me and about like what was important to our community. And I do feel like we, like there's almost a pendulum that swung back. Yeah. Um, I wanted to land somewhere a little bit different. Me too. Me too. And I wanted um, I wanted a little more warning about coming out of quarantine. Totally agree. But I'm going to drop our conversation in here. Perfect. Perfect. And so we'll add some thoughts and come back. Awesome. I think that's wonderful. Here we go. I have loved this past year of COVID parenting. Because the expectations are gone. Oh, yeah. You don't have to get a fundraiser. You don't have to get a committee. You don't have to do this thing. You don't have to do anything. I mean, and it's like, it's basically back to where our parents were, I feel like. I keep saying, like, it's the 1980s version of parenting. Like, there's the helicopter moms. You don't get to do that. You know, like, you send your kid. You hope they eat their food. You have no clue. You have no clue what their classroom looks like. You don't know their teachers. Can I tell you also, one of the things, like, I part of a working mom frustration that, like, Uh is the idea that you can go sit in on lunch with them. Yeah. And I'm like, they don't want me there. They they want to do their thing. But it makes me feel like I'm supposed to take time out of my day to drive down to the school to eat a terrible lunch <laughs> that my kid doesn't want me there for because if I'm not, then like all the other, I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> do you know? Okay. So I, not to keep harping on my single life, yeah. but I, I go, when I went to go eat, you know, at lunch in kindergarten and first grade, you couldn't do it in second grade because of COVID, uh, without like a, her, she's the only one whose parents are divorced right now. Oh, really? Um, I mean, they're starting to become oh, more. Oh, Sorry. That's so <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm like, just wait. She's like, I'm the only one. I'm like, just wait. You know, like, there's like the bitter, like, <laughs> oh, good. Just wait. Do your high. They'll all be like annihilated. Their midlife crises are coming. <laughs> I'm like, when after this year, holy moly, there's gonna be a whole new crop of like your friends that are dealing with this. But I've also tried to be like, well, you get to be the leader. Yeah. Like you get, you know how hard this is. I don't even know how hard this is as a kid. So you get to tell them it's going to be okay. And you get to tell them, like, this is what you do with your mom and your dad's. Like, you know, and trying to, like, make it more of a, like, yes, you are the only one. Like, in kindergarten, yes, she was the only one. Uh, second grade, she's got more f- friends that are experiencing that. So that's that's been a good thing. But when I would go eat in kindergarten, first grade, all of her friends were, like, obsessed with trying to figure this out. And I don't fault them yeah. because like, it does not make sense to mom, their mommies and daddies not to spend the night in the same house. Yeah. You know? And so they like, I'd go and eat and it would become, so do you still love? Oh my goodness. Do you oh still love God. Allie Good's daddy? And you're in front of Allie Good. In front like, of Allie Good. To, to an audience of Who doctors. takes her self-confidence from what I say about her father? Right. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. of course I still love him. Yeah. And how is your macaroni? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, like, but you don't live together. No, we do not live together. How are those peas? I mean, yeah, like, right. and it definitely got. Did anyone see the Thundermans? Anybody? God, I mean, it's like, like, and it was like, like 
and it was while I was going through the divorce. So like, oh, yeah. it was like another level of like, God, will this ever be okay? Um, you know, and, and like, you know, but it definitely, it was also very, it was comedic to me because you've got like your kindergartners yeah. being like, but I don't understand. Did he just leave you? And I'm like, I, yeah, that's exactly what happened actually. You know, like. Like, they're asking the questions that everybody else wants to ask. I'm imagining right? like a tiny girl with pigtails. It's like, I need to drill this down. And glasses. Like, what yes, did he totally. say to it was you? Her. It was, yeah. She's going to be Are a you gonna great him back? defender of women. That's all I got to say. Because she could not understand. And, and quite frankly, I totally, she was asking all the questions that everybody else wanted to ask. You know, yeah. and there were a couple of them, but there was like a couple, there was like two that was like, okay, so but what happened? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but it definitely, there's a, uh, there was a romantic comedy in there in some ways yeah. of like, you know, you just have like a breakdown of the oh, lunch table. Exactly. I'm like, maybe in junior high, when we get there, but like, you know, where we go, nobody's divorced yet. Cause everybody's trying to keep it together, but it did make me laugh. How did we get talking about that? Oh, I'm saying how much like, I just, as a working mom, the idea that I have oh. to leave and the lunch. Shit yeah. School. So that's why I started hating the lunches because I did feel like, and it wasn't really about me. Like, I thought it was funny, but I was a little worried about her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, and like, like, I don't want her to be like, and then they keep asking. But then part of her loves the attention. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where the balance is there. No, I mean, how, how do you know? Exactly. Like, about, like, you're being like grilled by like <laughs> five-year-olds. Like, literally, they're like, the, so what happened there? About how, your how did you not apart? deal with that the correct way that he just laughed? And I'm like, like I don't know. Like, <laughs> could you have tried her? Like, yeah, did like, you try all the things? Like, did you try counseling? Well, um, I can also, I feel like with my kids, it's just like, could you, like, sometimes my kids are like, could you put on a dress? Or like, whatever, it's like. <laughs> Oh, that's what you're going to wear to carpool? Like, and the other thing about COVID, all those moms who were dressing up for carpool, they're not doing it They're anymore. not doing it anymore. Everybody's in leggings. Everybody. You know, I mean, we just grew up in a time when moms put on their bathrobes. Remember? Mm-hmm. And, like, some had, like, towels on their head. Or, like, I just remember even carpool, moms had bathrobes. They, they were not expected to be dressed. No. No. And now I feel like there is a lot of pressure on women to be completely perfect all the time. Sometimes you just lipstick, like something, <laughs> like something, and I'm like, I'm, you know, guys, this is just this is what you're getting today, okay? This is what you're getting, and the reason I look this way is because y'all exactly okay? you love you. See, do you want to see pictures of Colin? Mom in her twenties, she was she was hot, <laughs> smoking hot, smoking hot, had a lot of dates, didn't know all it. the time. Hey, Not anymore. She had, like, that, like, she had a full social calendar. Exactly. You know what people wanted to make out with your mom? And I kept paper calendars so we could just go pull them back if we need to. Do you have any I mean, yeah. Mary Margaret, that story you tell her about Allie Good and having lunch at her school is just, <sighs> it's so relatable and so funny. And also, like, children are just amazing in the way that they... I love them. They get to the truth so quickly... And one of the things I love about having kids is that I knew that I'd like explaining stuff to them. Yeah. Because I like to explain stuff. Hi, I worked in magazines. Like, I like to explain Honestly, stuff. Honestly, it is, it's going to be really painful when they get to be, like, junior high and they don't want to hear what I have to say about <laughs> things. But I love, too, like, there, there are times when, like, they ask me to explain stuff that I realize, like, how ridiculous what I'm explaining is. Like, I've had 40 years that I'm just like, well, that's the way we do it. But when I have to, like, re-explain it to them or, again, it's not recently, explain it to the first time. When I have to explain it for the first time to them, I'm like, this is kind of insane. Like, the first time they were like, why don't we have spaghetti 
why do we only have spaghetti at night? And they're like, and I'm like, why, why do we only know have spaghetti at night? Why we have breakfast foods and dinner foods? They're like, <laughs> that is true. There's a lot of stuff about like southern manners sometimes. Yes. Like, I swear that's one of those things that Ben will be like, well, but why do we do that? Why do we do that? And I'm yeah. like, I really don't know. I'm not sure. No, it's so true. I mean, I do think when I love that about kids that they make you reevaluate what you've been doing forever. Yeah. And that's such a good point that like explaining things, you're like, well, I don't know. Why. <laughs> Hold on. Let me go ask. I have no idea why we do that. I mean, you know, because it's like, well, why do we eat the same foods at Thanksgiving all the time? I'm like, I don't really. I, I, don't, I know. don't know. And I don't know why, because none of the kids eat any of those foods. Yeah. No, none of them. I mean, and some of them are kind of gross. Some of them are really gross. But yeah, that is really funny. Okay. So like what stuff would they, like, have you tried to explain? I'm trying to think because this is I mean, I'm Southern. Brain, but there's some like Southern. There's some really bizarre stuff that Southern women do. Yeah. And Southern and families stu- and, do. Yeah. And I know that it's totally like along those lines, but I'm trying to think of a good example. Trying, yeah. Because I do love that, like, because they bring it up, it's like, well, you know what? We can. Oh, we don't have to keep doing it that way. Y'all don't want to do it? Like, I can read Throw it out the window. And if it's not working for us, we don't have to do it We don't it have to anymore. do it. We're done. Yeah. That's one of those things about, like, my 20s. I definitely was like, I am in a race. Mm-hmm. And I need to mm-hmm. win this race. Yes. And whatever it's going to take. And now I'm like, I'm playing golf. Yeah. You know, I'm in it. I want to beat my score from yesterday. Yes. I don't care what everybody else's score is. I'm like, what's my score from yesterday? And can today's score be better? And let's lower those expectations. Exactly. <laughs> Just keep them down here. No, it's so true. I do feel like I was very competitive in my 20s. And everything was a race. It wasn't just... The social, it was the job, it was social, it was the, you know, I mean, but. Oh, and who's going to get married next? Yes. And who's going to have a baby first? Yeah. And then what's going to, I mean, and the house and the, everything was just. Too busy. Too much. And, and a rep, like recipe for disaster because not everybody's life pans out the way that you're supposed to. Like. Then there's that part two of kind of like looking around and I was like. Some people have babies and some people don't. What's going, like, okay. How's this working? How's this all happening? And what's going on? And uh-huh. then I was like, oh, some people without babies don't care about having babies. If I want a baby, I'm going to have to actually make choices and have conversations. <laughs> they get a lot harder, you know? And, like, I would just kind Complicates of... Complicates things. I really did not want to have hard conversations. I still don't. I still don't. still don't want to have hard conversations. I think conversations. it's funny we're starting podcasts because I do feel like we're going to start some hard conversations. But I think it's good for people. But I do. I don't like having hard, hard no, conversations. I, I would and, much rather. Again, that's where I'm like, if I have to have a hard conversation, am I bad at life? Because I think I should just be able to. I was talking to one of my friends about how complicated communication, like, why can't it just be like when we were 20 hanging out, like after the marriage and all that stuff, like, why all of a sudden do we have to have conversations about our conversations? I feel like, I mean, like, like that to me is exhausting is the conversations about the conversations. Well, and also, what did you mean when you said, if I don't have the conversation, am I just building up for a worse worse conversation conversation later than this? Like where this is the other thing I've really started to latch on to this year with the whole, like, it doesn't get, we don't figure it out. Do you know this, this kind of goes all along that with the conversation, you know, of like, all of a sudden you're like, Wait a minute. Like, it's not just like we get married and have babies and that's it. Like, it is like a constant. Well, that's the whole thing about, I feel like the South in particular, and I can, mm-hmm. maybe wrong, fetishizes marriage. Yes. To a point where you think 
I've done the hard, I've done the big thing. Yeah. And now it's going to get easier. And so it was a big shock to me mm-hmm. when it, not only did it not get easier, it's a shit ton harder. It's shit ton harder. And nobody talks about how hard it is. But you start like seeking little ways out to figure out, okay, what am I not doing right? Like, am I not, am I too selfish? Mm-hmm. Am I not putting his needs first? Am I not doing the dishwasher the right way? Like, am I not doing, am I not scheduling my day right? You know, like, those were things that I would seek out. And I, like, went to Bible studies and I went to, like, classes on how I could be a better wife. And the hard part about marriage is that both people have to be willing to be doing that. Well, and it is, I mean, and there are days that I'm like, and it's still I hard. don't. I don't care. I want me first. Yeah, exactly. I want me, me, me. I'm really tired. I, I don't want to deal with this. I can't today. Yeah. I have a great husband, but there are certainly times that he, I'm sure I don't make him feel like a great husband. Um. Well, I mean, I think we all struggle with that. I mean, I don't have a husband anymore, but, you know, I think there are times where you're like, what is the, what's the purpose of this? Like, what, what is happening? Like, why? I was advised by a bunch of, like, I went to a bunch of different counselors. I went to a bunch of different... Like, I did all the things. I left it all on the field, basically. You know what I mean? Like, there are no regrets that I have because I did all, you know, people ask me about divorce. I'm like, well, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody because it's really brutal. It's really hard. But sometimes it's unavoidable. Like, sometimes it's not your choice. So be it. Um, You got to roll with those punches. But I do think that during my marriage, I did that aggressive, like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. You know, and like I tried everything and it just didn't work. Like just didn't work. And I almost, some of the stuff that I learned in religious aspects, I don't agree with anymore Mm -hmm. because it made me lose myself. And that, you know, from a religious aspect, God created me to be a certain person. So I do think it's, I struggle now with that because I do feel like I sacrificed a ton trying to promote businesses that were, you know, then looked at like they were not mine, even though we started them together. So I think that that's a struggle, you know? Well, I think that's why in some upcoming episodes, you and I should talk about, because we've both been through a lot of couples counseling. Yes. Talk about that, what that's really like. I think we should, we talk about growing up with the church and incorporate and how the church sometimes and does sometimes fits and sometimes doesn't. Yes. Yes. In your life going back. Yes. And, um, and lots of other really, I don't know. I think they're fun topics. Does that come with something? In, in I think those are great. Fun? Yeah, no. And I do think that's great. And I mean, I come from a perspective of, I do have a relationship with God and I, I am spiritual. And I do think that a lot of the way that we have handled things around women are not really the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and more and more about parenting and these kids of ours. Yes. And are just our help and our <laughs> and what our second act is going to look like. I can't so, wait to see our second act. Thank y'all for joining us. Thank I'm Laurel. You. Mary Margaret. Make good choices out there. Please do. <laughs> Have fun. Mm-hmm.